Welcome, everybody. Eighty-eight no. doers. Welcome, Yamos. It's Ben and Addy back at we it again. We are here, and we apologize for our absence. <laughs> yes, we recorded a beautiful episode uh, about a week ago, and we it was like shared so much ago. beautiful information. Okay, maybe three weeks. Addy forgot to push record. Yep. So true to form. We're just staying true to our ADHD selves and hello, it just makes it all relatable. (laughs) It's just kind of hard to follow a structure when one of you is playing cricket in the Caribbean and the other one is living in a van and traveling across Canada. And they're both super ADHD, but Mm. it makes it fun and hey ho, we got some nice things to share today. We want to share the insights we've had over our time of learning with, with ADHD and kind of we wanted to share things with in the sense that like we all have something to learn from each other and I mm-hmm. wish that I had knew a lot of things when I was younger when it came to the different issues I had with ADHD and so hopefully you'll learn we'll all learn together about these things like we're still learning too so mm-hmm. If anything you want to share, please message us on ADH Doers Instagram because we're we're all in this together, just learning about our wonderfully unique brains. Mm-hmm. And we thought maybe you guys want to know a bit more about us and about how we got here and what's going on inside these two brains. Yeah, because one thing I love about this community is it's all based around this idea that ADHD can be harnessed and the elements like that make it up actually can be very conductive to success once harnessed it's like a bull mm. well there's that metaphor about the f1 car driven by a pig or something <laughs> <laughs> and that's our brain so we're learning how to train that pig because <laughs> it can go super fast but it's like super fast just like learning about chocolate manufacturing techniques or something yeah you know? i think it's like uh the Toy car driven with a F1 motor, but I like. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I've always thought about it like an F1 car driven by a pig. brain. It's just a pig. <laughs> <laughs> so, I had a million that, mate. So, there's so many different aspects to ADHD, but we'll just mm-hmm. go through them and see what we've learned. Yeah. Let's so, what have you learned from ADHD that you wish you knew when you were younger? That's a big question. A big um, question, mate. We'll just put the biggest one out there. Just throw it out. Um, just with a nugget. Think. What have I learned about ADHD or from my ADHD? What have you learned that you wish you knew when you were younger? When you were a teenager? Being different is okay. I think I kind of started to grasp that concept a bit when I was a teenager, like later in my teens. But when I was a kid, I felt so different to everyone and it was lonely, you know. But now I kind of embrace that and I'm like, well, I'm the loner and the weirdo and that's okay. Yeah, it's like it's like somehow conditioning in life sometimes gives us a script and they're like, you should act like this. You should not yell in public. Um, mm. You should calm down when you eat food and don't make noises like everything is super delicious. <laughs> but I just can't do that, you know? <laughs> and it's, uh, I think, um, I think that's really nice what you said. Learning to, like, I'm, I think just this month or last month, I'm like learning to like actually accept who I am more mm. every day. Mm. To be like, oh, it's fine to just kind of be a, a bit unfiltered and to say things and and there's ways to do it to make it easy to interact with neurotypicals you know to be like hey I'm ADHD so sometimes I just say what's on the top of my head all the time and that makes it more fun so nice to meet you did I tell you the other day so I was at this festival the other day and I met this girl and straight away we were friends like immediately and then she was like sorry what's your name again I have ADHD I forget and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's okay. Good. Well, that must have been amazing. Yeah. And we just vibed. And then I gave her a shout out the other day like on the Instagram stories. Her name's Freddie. And she's just, she's such a sweetheart. We 
we only hung out for probably like 10, 15 minutes, but we were like, we're pals and we're going to see each other again at some point. In yeah. Life. But I love that's why I want to have like, yeah, she embraced it. She was like, yeah, I forget people's names sometimes. I have ADHD. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think being weird is almost like a compliment now. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, actually, I have the confidence to be unique. Did you mean wonderfully different? <laughs> <laughs> is that what you meant um so one thing i wanted to share about, about this journey is um learning to focus is kind of like was a huge thing in my life because i went to university and just couldn't focus on the lecturer and i would doodle all the time even mm-hmm. through all of like school and um I read all these self-help books and I didn't even know that I had a misconception of what ADHD was. I didn't know it was Mm. about like this unique brain. And so I would, would just doodle in my books. And it wasn't until years later, I read all these self-help books and none of them really like worked for some reason. And I was just trying to find out one piece of nugget. Like, what is the secret? Like, what do I need to know? And um, I ended up meeting a man who had done a bunch of meditation and he seemed to talk about the brain in a way that I just, he knew what he was talking about. And I was like, I have to do what this dude did. Mm-hmm. And so I went to uh, this meditation retreat with these monks in Thailand and I learned to focus for the first time in my life. But that, so it was a 14-day retreat, complete silence, no writing in a book. You eat twice a day, no eating after midday, and 10 hours a day you're meditating or attempting to meditate as I was. Yeah. And I couldn't focus so much that I would, like, daydream and come to consciousness, like, wakefulness again, and I would be, like, scratching a wall in the end of it or like picking skin off my feet and I'd find myself in all these weird positions like like as if I was in a trance and after those two weeks I I just didn't get it and I actually left or they they told me to leave because it was supposed to be longer than two weeks they're like you just need more time or something and it's been a long journey since then I've learned a lot about meditating is a lot about just accepting whatever is in your head and just letting it be there and then focusing on what you're supposed to focus on amongst the chaos um which is huge but since then I actually have a daily practice and I think that is what I wish I knew when I was younger or the value of a daily practice of meditation even if it's only I do 12 minutes a day and that's a lot I think uh, oh thanks I I honestly wish there was an ADHD-friendly version of a course for just getting a daily practice going that's mm. ADHD-friendly. And it would start with just doing two minutes three times a day. Well, yeah, we did the ADHD doers one, remember, in, like, December, wasn't it? Mm. Like, two minutes, one minute, five minutes, ten minutes. And it, like, slowly built up. And at the end, we were doing, like, 20-minute meditations. Wow. And- it helped because we we tried to do it together on like a call or something and it was like it's okay if you come out of it and it's okay if you don't sit in one spot and sometimes for me I would be like meditation as a walking meditation because I yeah it's still (laughs) or like playing an instrument or yoga or like I swear like climbing a tree Mm. and doing something tactile in nature Mm. I've said this before to people that like exercise is my meditation and they're like well the super hippie people are like well no because you have to be zen and you have to do this I'm like no I that's for me when I'm riding my bike for 30 miles or like swimming for an hour and only focusing on that breath or only focusing on that rotation like that is getting into the physical wow letting my thoughts roll past and to me that is what meditation is about. It's not, it's about like not cycling through your thoughts constantly. It's about letting them pass, 
And if I can do that through physical exercise, why doesn't that count as meditation? So is that what you're doing when you're exercising? Kind of, you're yeah. Like <laughs> focusing on the physical movement more than your Yeah, thoughts. so like today I went swimming and I, did, I only swam like 500 meters or something because I was in this like hot springs swimming pool. But I uh, was trying to do under, underwaters halfway and I was like just focusing on the feeling of the water when I was underwater and what the, what the feeling of my lungs getting tight when I needed air. And, and I didn't think about anything else, you know? It was like focused on that physical. Wow. So for people that don't know, Addy is like an exercise machine. And it's like, <laughs> as someone who is a professional blobster, as myself, I find her absolutely fascinating because she does, like she came to visit near me and she did like, like six miles of walking and then she did a massive swim and then she would just do things more intensely and more vigorously than I've ever seen and it wasn't it wasn't like it stressed her out or it was like a big deal like if I thought about going to the gym I'd be like oh it's so much effort but it doesn't seem like effort to you yeah it depends on what it is but definitely like there's if I'm going for a hike or bike ride or a swim those in particular are like things that I love doing and they make me feel good mentally and physically. And so it's for me as someone who has like primarily hyperactive uh, ADHD and needs to get my energy out somehow. That <laughs> mm. like oh. today I went to a hot spring and everyone's relaxing and I was like, I'm going to do some laps <laughs> because oh. I'm sitting <laughs> in my van all day and I need to move. <laughs> Right. So have you got this like, like this, like what was it that like taught you that exercise is what makes you feel good? Oh man. I don't even know how I learned that exactly, but. I, I want to replicate it. Yeah. <laughs> at university, I was like pretty docile and I like walked maybe five minutes to university and back and that was pretty much it. Right. When I got a bike and I only started going to the gym at the end of my fourth year of university because I was getting chubby. <laughs> and I, mm -hmm. it was when I went to, when I was in London, I started riding my bike to and from work, like started with five miles and then eight miles. And then, and then riding home, especially after like a long day of work, but then getting on my bike and just like clearing my head I don't know if that mm. was really a conscious like exercise equals good mental health, but it was a kind of realization of, oh, I like this. And then I don't know when it happened, but there was some point when I realized that if I'm starting to get depressed and I'm starting to feel low, I can like hack it and just go for a run or go for a bike ride. And those endorphins are like a low dose SSRI antidepressant and I feel better. Like straight away. Wow. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I think we should do an experiment. Well, I definitely want to try an experiment where I just go on a run and to see how I feel. You know, no pressure to start a huge exercise routine. But, but yeah. like, hey, if I actually tried to just do one run, like, yeah, I could say it feels I can't really it. shitty when you start. <laughs> <gasps> okay. The last time I worked out must have been like three years ago. Okay. This is going to sound so bad. Oh, my gosh. But it was like three years ago, and there was like a, a gym and a hostel, and I was like, oh, I'm going to feel like one of them cool workout dudes. And I went to the gym, and I just lifted random things, and I just did a run. And afterwards, I was walking around town, and I just – I was so charismatic and alive. Like, mm -hmm. I had never felt – it was like – um, how I felt when I first tried caffeine. <laughs> I was like, this is, when I tried caffeine, I was like, this is helping me focus. I feel like I can do anything. I feel like a genius. Mm. And that, the exercise was like three times as good. And I just want to like replicate that feeling. Like it's making me like think about my life and my journey and be like, damn, maybe I should. Because I'm reading this book and it's, a, it's written by the guy who wrote, um, uh, just oh, what's it called? Driven to distraction. 
it that amazing oh, book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John J. Ratley. It's like one of the best ADHD books. He's written this book called Go Wild, and it's about how naturally we humans are wild creatures. We mm. weren't domesticated like cows are, like we're in cities, and that our genes are made like to react to certain stimuli. And when we move and groove and like, you know, move more than just like sitting at a desk all day, he says that it literally changes our gene expression. Which is insane. Like the, the very DNA is changed by like moving or grooving around. So I can't wait to read more of the book, but I'm really excited. It's called Go Wild. Go Wild. Yeah, and I would tell people, like, if you don't want to go for a run, you don't have to. Just move your body. However, it feels good for you. If that's, like, wiggling around and doing a weird dance, or if that's just, like, walking up and down your stairs at your house, like, whatever feels good, do it. Yeah. I started shaking recently. Yeah. It feels so good. (laughs) I've been stuck inside, so I just, like, I just shake a limb for, like, for like a minute, I feel so good. I don't know why. Yeah, it does. But you gotta find your own way to do it, you know. Exactly. Not even like this random thing that I like now. Yeah. It's called doing two things at once. <laughs> I'm sure you do this too. But like, I don't like reading a book, for example, for some reason. But playing Minecraft and listening to an audiobook, I love it. Yeah, yeah. That's like I do my dishes and I listen to a podcast. And oh, yes, I'm learning, but I'm also doing something productive. Right now, my dishes, my dish is so small. My sink is so small. I can't let my dishes pile up. Also, I live in a van, and every time I drive, I have to have the dishes done. So it keeps me on top. Oh, right. <laughs> I talking about washing up. My new technique. I learned this from my very organized wifey. She. She doesn't like do big cleans. She does loads of mini cleans. Mm-hmm. So like when I have a dirty plate, like I don't like, obviously like, I enjoy the meal. And then when I finish what I'm doing, like if I've watched a show or something, I just take the plate straight away and wash up straight away. It takes mm-hmm. like 10 seconds. And that kind of like reduces the stress of it piling up. And that may sound like to an neurotypical, be like, well, yeah. But to me, that's like the biggest revelation. <laughs> well, and, and it's also like, in theory, I know that. I know how simple it is. Right. But in practice, it's so easy to just sit there and, and keep watching what I'm watching and then put my plate on the ground. Yeah. 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 It's, I get scared when I get jumped into like endless things mm. like Reddit and Instagram. They really freak me out. So I try and, uh, I don't know how. Set a timer on your much. phone. Set a timer on your oh. phone for an hour. That's the reason. Right. That time. And then once it, I like that. once an hour has passed, it grays out the app and you can't use the app until the next day. Oh, okay. Well, I like doing that, but I always take them off. I'm rubbish. Yeah, I mean, rubbish. It, it depends on what I'm doing. I'm sure you can get ones that are like password protected by another person, like hardcore. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> no, um, you can't have your Reddit password, Ben. It's past your time. Go to sleep. I'll cry. Okay. Um, so tell me, tell me your story. I want to hear your story. How did you find out you had ADHD? How did you get here? I found out I had ADHD because you sent me a video. Mm-hmm. And it was like, how to know if you have ADHD by how to ADHD, that legendary girl. And I watched that video and I was like, <laughs> I felt like I had had a lot of relevations in my life, like breakthroughs. But mm. after I watched that video, I, I just cried. Mm. And I, 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 <laughs> there was so much like taken at that point all of this idea I had wasn't true and that there was a reason why I couldn't focus there's a reason why I felt like I had failed in so many ways there was one one thing that I think really hits it on the head was at university I used to do every open mic 
Mm. And I really, I really put a lot of effort into music. And we had uh, our university's talent show. And I managed to get into the final. And for the final, I planned to do Sweet Child of Mine on ukulele with a foot drum. And it was going to be like amazing. And I visualized mm -hmm. it so clearly. I was so excited about it. And I procrastinated practicing. And then there was five days left and four days left. And I was like, oh, I can just practice on the weekend. It'll be fine. Three days left, two days left. Got to the final. Got to half an hour before. And I hadn't practiced. And I was like, no. I was like so like overconfident. I was like, I'm just going to smash it. I'll just get by on just pure charisma. I don't know what I, <laughs> I don't know what was going on. But I basically, I procrastinate. And I've never told this story to anyone because it's like the most embarrassing thing. Mm -hmm. So you were on the half an hour before the show. Yeah, it was half an hour before the show and I hadn't practiced. And I just thought I'd get by on like, I don't know what I was doing, um, but I hadn't practiced. And it got to my turn to play. Had my ukulele in my hand, had my foot drum. And I went to play and I like played the first like 10 seconds and I messed up. And I was like, oh, that wasn't very good, was it? <laughs> and everyone laughed, which was really nice. And I just played it off. And I got like halfway through the song, I messed up again. And I ended up messing up and stopping three more times during the performance. Oh. Oh. Each time. I know. It was, but like, I kind of like tried to play it off like it was fine. And by the end, I was like, oh, let's just all clap. Clap and pretend it was good. Yeah. You know, I was like that. And they brought in a room full of people, I'll say it was a room full of people, and they brought in like three celebrities. And at the end of it, the celebrities would tell you what they thought. And I stood there on stage, and I'll never forget what they said. And the guy who was like a not a Broadway actor, but he was on like the West End in London, yeah. and he was like, It was all a bit splat. Oh. And he was like, The classic line, he goes, if you would just learn to focus, you would be amazing. In the heart. It stabbed me in the heart and it it killed me for a bit that did. And that has been reiterated to me in so many different areas of life. People are like, you would be amazing if you just learned to focus. And each time it just stabs me because no one tells you how to focus. Even in school reports, I'm sure other people can relate to this. In school reports, I've got school reports from like every year from when I was She kid. has and so much potential like, if she would only yeah. apply herself, if she could get yeah. attention. And so I feel like I've spent a serious amount of time, like years, learning what focus really is <laughs> in all these different fields from like we can't replicate it because our brains meditation. Are there. yeah it's like it's like we like uh, it's just annoying to think about but yeah well i mean thank i've learned a lot that has helped me and i think that i think that Normalcy is overrated and actually to have a bit of chaos can be um, like can actually lead you to what you love and I, I oh yeah just letting go and letting that take you on a journey is the only way I found to be in the world to be honest just embrace the chaos <laughs> just surf like the world doesn't have form it is a bit chaotic and yeah. so if you get good at surfing the chaos, then you can take on anything. And I feel like that's one of the reasons why I'm not as scared of things anymore because mm. I've messed up so much. Like I've, I've been in front of record executives that would hire me for my music and messed up on stage and 
I was late for a meeting with an agent. And he left before I got there. Oh, killer. killer. That was probably my one of those stories where I was like, why, why can't I do this? Why can't I do this? You know? So I think one of the greatest tools I have against this storm that is fate, <laughs> seemingly, is <laughs> to just have this acceptance and love for whatever I do do. You know, I feel like, like when I do do something, like record a song, even though I was procrastinating it for ages, I'm so proud of myself, like a fly, you know? Mm. And I feel like, yeah, I'm making so much more effort than other people, but when I, when I do something and it actually works, I feel like, what can't I do, you know? Yes, yes. When you actually those, do the thing. Oh, I'm not saying those moments come often, but damn, they're good. Yeah. <laughs> when you finally do the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Another thing I was just thinking about is um, dopamine drippers, like Reddit and Instagram, versus mm. achieving tasks and getting off on that. Okay. So you know what I mean, so like also like so actually like, achieving things. It gets it, you high. Yeah, it's a bit of dopamine hit. But you know what I mean? Procrastinate doing it. And we get the quick and easy, like the the Instagram and stuff is like like eating chips, you know, it's there and I'll eat a whole bag of chips, but I won't be full afterwards. And it and it I don't feel yeah, the about it. But if I right. have like, if I put in the time and energy and I make like a really nice Buddha bowl with like all the greens and like healthy stuff, Aww. yeast and all the yum stuff in it. And then afterwards I feel like I've nourished my body. So you're like, like taking the time to really make something beautiful. But a lot of the time I just eat chips. <laughs> <laughs> we zig and we zag it. You know? And I do this yeah. end of death scrolling on Instagram. But when I do the thing, like now we're doing the thing. It's I'm good. proud. Yeah, I'm proud of us. Be proud. <laughs> and you listeners, you're listening. So you're doing the thing. You're doing things that are good for you. Yeah. Whatever that nice. is. Do the thing. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? So one thing I wish I knew when I was younger. If something's hard and I'm, I'm putting it off and I'm mm-hmm. avoiding it. I wish I knew that it's not the, you, you can't like force yourself to do it because it's not, it's, it's an emotional thing. You know, it's, mm. it's, it's either like, like for example, I have like, procrastinated uploading music for forever because I am terrified of rejection yeah. online of someone saying what I make is bad mm-hmm. and I, I recognize that that's like you know a bit RSDE you know I feel like I'm going to get rejected so I avoid that emotion by never engaging mm. and so that's super sad in a way but I wish I knew that earlier that to conquer that one thing I've learned really recently is you can reframe that thing in your mind. Like, for example, mm. and maybe I'll do it right now against the music thing because that would be revolutionary for my brain, is if I chose instead of being afraid today, what if I did it on purpose to be to practice being courageous? Mm. And in just that simple reframing, I'm not afraid anymore. And now I want to just upload anything to be yeah. like, today I'm going to choose not to be afraid. Do it just to see what happens. Yeah, like you can give yourself a reason to do something mm-hmm. that makes you excited about it. Because I feel like our emotions lead us mm. so hardcore. If what we're excited about is our life, so if you can find a way 
to make yourself excited about doing the fucking dishes, you're going <laughs> to do the dishes. If you do make it, it dance dance, about it. Make it into a game. points. Freaking scrub-a-dub-dub so rhythmically that it makes you feel so free. Oh, yeah, I had a um, big admin task to do at the end of the year for work, and I was putting it off and putting it off, and I cried about it, and it was like, built it up so big in my head, and then I broke it down into smaller tasks, and every time I did a little one, I gave myself a gobstopper. I'll get sugar. I'll get a treat. Oh, that's good. And I had to trick myself like I'm a child because that's how my brain works. That is really cool what what do you call that like micro chunking or something yeah so when you break it up into more doable sections that's called chunking and then when you give yourself a reward i guess that's just like reward motivation yeah yeah i mean it's kind of like applying two techniques right Pavlovian goodness now i want to pavlovian one of those tubes they train monkey with that gives a little bit of juice every time they do something good I bet that could actually work, though. <laughs> bit of fruit juice. Get me to do anything. <laughs> um, so I just remembered something that last time when I didn't record that I said, and that was yeah, that I, yeah. I had told myself when I was younger, your emotions yeah. are valid. Say again. Your, your emotions, emotions are valid. Are valid. And it's okay to be emotional because I always felt like there was something wrong with me because I was so emotional. Well, actually, for a while, I didn't realize other people didn't feel things as strongly as I did. (laughs) I just assumed that everyone experienced the world that way. But then people would, you know, look at me strange when I got really angry or really upset about things or like even really overly excited and happy about things. Like my too much. And you have to like calm it down for the normies. And I just <laughs> back and be like, no, it's okay. You're allowed to feel that way. You're allowed to feel as strongly as you want. And you just need to find different ways to maybe healthier ways to express the, the anger and the sadness. But even those are valid emotions, you know? Wow. I think. That's something you've taught me. Like I mm. called Addy kind of like a few months ago when I was just lost in such strong emotion. Mm. And I was like, what's going on? All this, like I think of myself as a relatively calm and chill person, but then I had all this anger coming out of me and I was just crying and crying and I just wouldn't stop. And I was like laying on the floor, just like scratching the floor. And I just, I couldn't think and I was just lost. Mm. And I called Addy and was like, what do I do? And she's like, well, just know that you're allowed to feel these emotions. And yeah. I, like, I think what? you had, like, pushed them away for so long, like any negative emotions, like anger and sadness, that it kind of, at some point, it all just came back and was like, we're going to get you. Seriously. Like, I felt like if you could just, I never wanted to feel unhappiness, so I feel like I trained myself to just never engage with anything sad and just move on straight away. And I didn't realize that actually all these emotions like serve a purpose and actually it's part of being human. Like by being born, we kind of signed up to have this 4D cinema that involves emotions. You know, those like IMAX theaters that like spray with water. Well, that's life. And it's like so engaging and it's got emotions and joy and dancing and crying and everything. Ice cold showers, you know, that is living. So what do you think if you had to come up with some idea, like what, what is the purpose of these hyper strong emotions and sensitivity in ADHD? It's like, why do you think okay. we have these crazy I found a reason. <laughs> I've like made up a reason that works for me. This this uh, has no scientific basis whatsoever, but here's my theory, okay? There's this TED talk, and I wrote this down because I thought we'd talk about it. And it's called ADHD Sucks, But Not Really, by this mm-hmm. absolute legend. It talks about how our genes are still in the gene pool. These unique set of genes, this unique brain, 
are still in the gene pool because we were the wanderers that would go out and seek novelty and mm-hmm. find the, the new berries, find the new areas with fruits, find the tiger and be fearless enough to take it on and come back to the tribe with those things and our genes would be passed on. So that's what he says in that, that um, TED talk. And I love it. <laughs> the great ones called ADHD sucks, but not really. My little stupid theory that works for me is um, that we have this rejection sensitive dysphoria or this real super strong uh, pain we feel when we feel like others don't like us. Mm. And I feel like that serves an evolutionary purpose in that context. That When we get rejected by the tribe, we will do anything to win them back. And that mm. is what motivates us to go out further than anyone has dared to go into the unknown to seek that novelty and to bring back things to the rest of the tribe and win back the love that we mm. crave. Because humans are emotionally driven creatures and especially oh, sure. ADA doers. So I feel like that works for me. I feel like when I feel rejected, or when I feel like I've been kicked to the curb, I, like, every girl that rejected me in my life, I, like, doubled down on learning how to be the best dude I could because that's the only thing I knew how to do to react because it was such an intense pain that I thought mm. I'm going to become someone that just no one could reject. <laughs> just by becoming the ultimate being, you know? But... <laughs> Nothing has motivated me more than that rejection, you yeah. know? And it's a kind of weird story to tell, but hey, that's my weird theory. The, the, yeah. When we would get kicked out, we'd want to win back our tribe. Lol. Why do you that, think? <laughs> that probably has some legitimacy. I can see how that would make sense. Um, I think also the hypersensitivity side of it where we are like acutely aware of of even a hint of negative emotion or something like that it could be like we were scoping out who the who the baddies were in the tribe like the people who were would betray us or who would you know go against us and so we were aware of that so then we could kind of you know navigate and say like this person's not good for the tribe we should move away from them and probably it's also just related to our hypersensitivity in other areas where we're like aware of like something moving in the bush and that's probably a predator or like right something yeah. moving over there that's probably a bird we can hunt it you know like have, have you ever like wandered in the wilderness mm, mm-hmm. or, or got lost on a mind. mountain in hawaii Right, as you do, as Addy loves to do. We'll explain later. Um, but um, I notice my brain picking up details. Details. It sees little things that my neurotypical wife doesn't. Mm. You know, it picks up on these tiny things, and I think that kind of perception helps find new opportunities. That maybe there's a bug that. It's really useful or really yeah. tasty. Or like the stereotype, hey, look, a squirrel. Well, like that squirrel could have been our squirrel. dinner. You can eat that. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or it may, you know, the fur can be used for a hat. I don't know. I, I'm and vegan. The creativity. <laughs> the creativity can be like, hey, I'll make a slingshot or, you know, find novel ways to do, to do, to achieve what we need. So I feel like there are reasons. Uh, it's just... You know, as he says in the TED talk, ADHD sucks, but not really. Um, <laughs> I'm not plugging or anything. It is a cool. Um, I think there's reasons, um, but in this modern day context where we're not wandering, we're just sitting in a room all day. It's mm. like rubbish. <laughs> yeah, because you're like, what was that? What was that? That that humming? It was a computer. The computer's been there all day. It's still humming. What? Yeah, yeah, beeps, man. Beeps are annoying. Oh, so annoying. <laughs> Random Those flashing lights. <laughs> um, 
what is that what else did you want to share i've got some questions here that we could do yeah go through <gasps> some of your questions book slash resources book slash resources honestly what books found useful i'm not good at books <laughs> I, I used agree. to. Me, I like audio way more. Yeah, I used to be really good at reading, and I found a meme recently that was like, "When you used to be really good at reading, blah blah blah," and you're probably actually neurodivergent and you weren't diagnosed. And I was like, "How do you know me?" Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I used to like read novels, and I, I mean, I am good at reading. I just got like the top marks on my reading test for my English test for Canada. But when I try and sit down and read. For the sake of it, I'm like, I'm bored. Yeah. Yeah. That reminded me of that time you were talking to someone and, like, you were trying to pay attention to them, but you just yelled, I'm bored. And I walked away. <laughs> That's uh, spontaneity for you. Yeah. Well, I didn't, I don't know if I yelled it so much as I just was like, <laughs> I'm bored. And um, I walked off. And I was just like, I swear, a lot of us would want to say those kind of things. Yeah, I'd, I, we, I, we keep it inside. Oh yeah, that's something. You know, going back to uh, what what's happened through childhood and how I learned I had ADHD and things. I've realized I was constantly getting in trouble with my friends and teachers and everyone else for foot and mouth like I just constantly said the wrong thing and I didn't know and I didn't have a filter until I was probably like 17 or 18 like I just said anything that came to my mind Mm. and like one of my friends who I met when I think I was 16 first thing I said to him was you have a purple face (laughs) yeah he was like, uh, oh, was he like skin thing? Yeah, I think he had oh, rosacea. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, or something. And then, yeah, he was like, I was like, You're new, what's your name? Uh, Lincoln. Oh. I was like, I don't like that. I'm gonna call you something else. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was this one time I was talking to someone that I randomly met, uh, I think I was like 19. And it was all on a beach, a social occasion. I was mid-conversation and I walked off and started talking to someone else. <laughs> and then that first person comes over and was like, hey, we, we were having a conversation. And I was like, yeah. But, and then she, they were like, you just walked off in the middle. And I was like, <laughs> oh, did I? And I didn't even know. I didn't even know. You was, your bo- your brain was away. so bored that your body walked away. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't even say it. I just left. I feel oh, like that's man. worse. At least I, I swear I said it, and they know why I've I've left. <laughs> yeah, that's way like that's way more like. But I had I've I been told I'm remember. rude. Yeah, so many times I've been told I'm rude, and it's at the point where I just I stopped caring. <laughs> like sometimes I'm gonna cro- gonna come across as rude to some people, and to other people that's just quirky and funny and they love it so like those are the people i'll be friends with yeah yeah i'm definitely attracted more to open-minded people that are a bit more accepting yeah if i feel like i'm going to be judged whatsoever i just leave or i just don't like or i get weird i just feel really uncomfortable and i get quiet yeah yeah that happens to me And and people who know me really well don't believe it because like when I'm with people I'm comfortable with, especially I just like and then but when I'm in a crowd that I feel like I'm not part of, so like in the business world, for example, I get super quiet and I like get really introverted and people think I'm a different person. And there's people I know who've met me in my life who probably think I'm like a super quiet introvert. And I'm like, that is crazy. No (laughs) way. There's people who would have met me at a time where I was just feeling like I couldn't do that kind of interaction. And so I just kept back and kept to myself and stared at people. (laughs) They probably still thought I was weird. (laughs) Um. I feel like I want to share the book that changed my perspective. Oh, yes, books. That's what we're um, <laughs> We take a long, long road. Okay. Um, basically, 
here's a download. Found this book. It's called Search Inside Yourself. And it's by the happiness director at Google, who's a little happy legend. Yes. And it's like mindfulness for people who love science and are practical about um, things. And it's not hippy-dippy at all. It's basically like talks about things. Like instead of just a generic term of mindfulness, it talks about increasing the resolution of your sensations because that's what it really is. Yeah. What's it called again? And that book, Search Inside Yourself. Nice. Search Inside Yourself or Seek Inside Yourself? Search. Search. Like Google search. Search Inside Yourself. And um, Dan, that book was so short and it really got me motivated to like, start me on my journey and it starts it's like does really easy things it's just like start scanning your body like through the day just do it just feel your body and just see how you're feeling Mm. and that can give you like such an advantage in life because then you can start to see for example when you start bubbling up when you start feeling anxious Mm. and you can start to manage those emotions before they like become a thing you can like catch it early and uh Anyway, that book I really wanted to share with people because it's such an easy access point. Yes. Another book, the one that you shared with me ages ago, and I've actually never finished it, but the part of it that I have listened to is um, The Power of Habit. And it's so good. Yeah. Because it talks about, you know, how how habits are formed and how they're used to manipulate yes. people and also how you can change your habits. And it's really interesting. Basically like- you can never fast break food. a habit. <laughs> yeah. There's a bit about fast food, okay. but yeah, 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 it's about how you can, you can't really actually ever break a habit. You just substitute it and you substitute what's in the middle, what starts yeah. it, what ends it. Right. Um, but the actual habit, the loop never really goes away. Right, because what was it? There's a trigger, like Mm -hmm. a visual trigger, like it comes to your mind and it says, oh, you're horny, you want to do this, or "Oh, you want to eat some fatty food. Yeah, and then then there's the action. Automatic reaction to that. Yeah, and then there's the end point. Yeah, so at that point after the trigger, we can just like redirect it, and then that's what he says, isn't it? So that's by Charles Duhigg. Another one is... Uh, Atomic Habits, James Clear, which seems to be like a huge one for people. And so that's I really just about creating it. like tiny habits. Yeah, it's about changing yourself just 1% every day, mm. making tiny differences every day and being like, don't think about long-term plans. Even it's, well, you can, but like in a way, it's like your main attention is what can I do today to make my life just 1% better? And that is the exercise. He, that's the main idea. Yeah. I mean, I that's like that's a lot of what we cool. do at ADH Doers, right? It's like the 1% better challenge. And it's about being in growth mode mm. all the time and constantly like learning yeah. and trying to do better and not getting stagnant because I think that's where we thrive best, right? Yeah. I know that when I feel stagnant in life I start to feel uncomfortable I get depressed I get angry my relationships break down like it's all connected but when I'm moving and growing and doing that's when I feel my best like right now I'm like in a new place every day I'm doing new projects like the podcast I'm learning things through this and through all these different like meeting people and stuff and so I feel like I'm in growth mode and I feel mentally like yes 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 (laughs) like I swear that one of the biggest changes in my perspective of all this and and my life has been finding this community of ADHDers oh yeah for sure it's putting a positive spin on like like even when they call it like uh, a disorder that kind of like makes Mm. me annoyed still because like yeah, I know it sucks sometimes. Like, I understand that. But being part of this community, as people, everyone's got it, you know, in mm-hmm. this community. Everyone knows what it's really like. And we're, we're all just trying our best. And I think that having these conversations where I'm constantly reminded of good ideas and 
ways that work for us and seeing examples of people who have found ways to harness this like this Formula One car like has changed the pig. me forever. <laughs> this beautiful pig <laughs> that I love now. I just love the pig. I'm like, it. crazy pig. It's, it's like a pig that's like sniffing out food or whatever it wants and it just drives as fast as it can <laughs> whatever it wants. Like fish and chips. He's going in the fish and chips, mate. Reddit. <laughs> Reddit, he's going for the Reddit. He's just gonna get what he wants. And I just love that pig. It takes me on some adventures, I'll tell you that, mate. You know, pigs are great. They're beautiful animals, so intelligent. They just need to be harnessed in the right way. They just don't know how to drive a Formula One car, mate. Don't judge a <laughs> pig by its abilities to drive an F1. <laughs> That's the phrase, right? That's yeah, that really common, that. famous phrase. Don't judge a fish. Yeah. That's the ability to climb a tree. Man. I remember I when I first read that. <laughs> and I was like, damn, that is so true. Yeah. Because wh- why are we constantly being judged by, like, neurotypical standards? That That's what leads so many of us to have these comorbidities of anxiety and depression and all these other things, right, is that we're being held up to a standard that we can never achieve because even though calling it disorder, it sucks, there, there's a reason for that. It's because there are certain things that we, quote, unquote, can't do in the same way and recognizing that we don't have that ability is a good thing in the sense that it means that we can find a depth to do those things um but it's like you wouldn't judge a person in a wheelchair by their ability to walk <laughs> right like yeah. <laughs> it right. it's a disability in some ways what it is recognized as a disability and so um judging us by these standards that we can never achieve because our brains are not made that way as opposed to saying let's look at what you can do and how to get you to do it the best, right? But yeah, that takes a whole like societal shift. <laughs> it's almost like the answer for ADHD isn't to adapt a neurotypical way of life, but to find and create and curate an environment where you thrive. Yes. Isn't it, right? Yeah. And I think that's when what I we're trying to do all, here. Yeah. Like even making a space where everything is like ready to go, you know, like I've started doing this thing where like I move into a new Airbnb and I place on one desk, my art station and it's Mm. all ready to go because I want to do art. And I place my book on the table in the middle because I want to read and to just have it there makes me want to do it. Yes. So I always dream about having this like theme park for ADHD people where it's just like all these activities that you can constantly change between or like a farm. Or There's no lines. Open line. No lines. Wait no in waiting. a line. Guess for how long? An hour and a half. You did that? <sighs> so much work. Oh, you mean, yeah, I see I did. what you mean. It, it was so hard. hard. I did have to do that today. How do you? You did it. <laughs> it was I need, worth uh, it. I, you know what? I should have a sticker and give you a sticker. Was it worth it? I would say if you were just passing through and you wanted to go to the hot springs and you had showered in the last four days, it's probably not worth it. No. But I had I hadn't showered. So you went to a hot spring? Well, I wanted right. to go to the hot springs anyway, and then you get a shower. Let's be it. honest. That's how we used to do it naturally. We just jump in a lake. Yeah, exactly. About it and then you clean. Jiggle you know? about. I mean, I've been like, what's the river deal? Just jump in a freaking river. Like, what's the deal yeah, with that's what I have been indoor doing. mini lakes? Yeah. Ceramic. We, why do we make our own rain? <laughs> what? We just make warm rain and stand under it. <laughs> Who do you think came up with that idea? Definitely an ADHD. Who was like, do you know what we need? Warm rain in a box. We need an indoor rain. And people were like, yeah. why would we want rain inside? And he's like, no, trust me, we want warm rain inside. 
And now we go outside and then there's a free shower and we're like, nope. Oh, I'm sad. Put my plastic <laughs> coat on. <laughs> I don't want a free shower right now. I have to sit in a box all day. I want I'm to sit in my box clock. and then go back to my other box and have inside rain. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. Lol. Seriously. Oh, another book I want to share. It's called yes. Faster Than Normal by Peter Shankman. Oh, I have never read it. I have never read it. It's totally aligns with the vibe of our community, ADHDers, because it's all about positive aspects of ADHD and how to, like, just harness your way of doing things. Like, for example, mm. this dude is a crazy man. He goes skydiving, right? gets all his adrenaline going and then he, when he lands he like works on stuff like an hour because he's his, 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 like, oh, he's got so much adrenaline that he can focus yeah, yeah, yeah. What? and that's how he does it he said one time he booked a return flight to and from japan for like four thousand dollars and on that flight he on the way there he wrote a book what? and on the way back he finished the book on that one flight and he paid four thousand dollars not even to go to japan just to go there and back but that was worth it to him because he yeah. wrote a book in eight hours because there's something about being trapped in the tube in this focus zone with other people around he was just in the zone i was like and he wrote a book on a plane that's plank. crazy but you have to have four thousand dollars of expendable income I know, I and i have wish. that much debt right now <laughs> lol Weird. but there's got to be like 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 i think we can take things like these ideas and like use them yeah like micro versions of that like instead of you know if you need to get one page done in writing go jump on a train or a bus or something yeah in your town yeah i I love trains for that i'm really good at doing stuff on trains and there's no trains in canada well they are they're just like big expensive tourist trains i miss like the british trains where you just like go to a town it's like eight quid yeah Yeah. you can plug in and you can sit down and you can get stuff done something about moving and like yeah um the atmosphere that's really conductive like yeah, the guy that I'm seeing is like trying to write a paper or a thesis or think something for his university right now. And he is not good at writing down his thoughts. So he, what he does is he like walks around and he has his voice recorder and he records himself and his thoughts so that it just like comes out naturally. And then he can go back or he can upload it. There's like dictation websites and they dictate it for you. So he doesn't have to write himself. And while you're moving and you're going out and doing these things, it's like when he has the best thoughts and he's an ADHD as well. Wait, that's, that's amazing. Mm. He's actually trying to submit his thesis in in voice note form. He's like, can I do that? I'm like, well, you can try. Why not? Because why shouldn't they accept that if that's his way of writing? You know, why yeah. is that not an acceptable way? Why does it have to be like typed out or pen on same. paper? You know, there's probably some examiners who would quite enjoy after reading a bunch just to listen to one and go yeah. on a walk, you know. And he can and quote probably- the citations and stuff, just like read out, like, this is the quote from blah, 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 you know. Yeah. Well, you, and like that's that. that's what accessibility is, right? That's what we need to be striving towards is finding these different ways of, of being accepted instead of having to fit into the neurotypical format of doing it. I'd almost love to live a day as a neurotypical just to know what it's like. I wonder. I want I, I think you get a hint of it when you take meds. I haven't have you yet. tried? No. Once I did Riddle and Recreationally <laughs> and everyone was like, yeah. And I was like, cool. <laughs> I can focus. <laughs> so I only have done meds once. Um, I think done meds. Lent me. <laughs> done meds. Like it's such a big deal. Um, but I wanted to see if I um, should, should try it. And I, I took, I think I took like half an Adderall and I washed my car. And I washed my car for like, I think it was like four hours. Wow. 
and damn, my car looks so good. And I was so detail-oriented. Um, and I understand why varying the amount is a good thing, you know, and you do that process with the doctor to, like, find the ideal amount. Mm. Um, I still like to try that, but I really want to try your exercise medicine. Yes, do it. At the same time as doing my mindfulness uh, 12 minutes goodness it's really helped me recently yeah even if it's just like go for a little walk I was in a habit of going for a walk once a day in the morning with the dog and I stopped doing that and I know the days when I did I felt better when I was working I was like clear ahead in the morning and stuff but now I'm like out every day after you wake yeah. up that what you did? I try I was for a little while <laughs> well that sounds nice though because do you have that thing where you wake up in the morning and you're like, like, what do I do? And my brain isn't, my brain isn't on for like an hour. And oh, I just don't yeah, know at least. who I am. Or what I don't I'm know what life. is going on. People talk to me. I have morning meetings and I'm like, I don't know what is up or what is down. And sometimes yeah. like my wife would ask me a question and I, I just, I have no idea how to think. I think it's like, I don't know, I would make up stuff if I was to say what I was going to say, but um, I really like the idea of a morning walk because it's like a, a thing you can just do. Yeah. You know, you don't have to think. Just like place a feet. Like, yeah, you have to put clothes on. So that's what I like about my morning meditation. I don't even get out of bed. I don't even <laughs> sit in the, in the meditation position. I literally just lie in bed. <laughs> I grab my phone and I put on a, pr- I just push like, two buttons and it's like hello this is a morning meditation or whatever his voice is and um god it's been so useful um it's just a guided meditation every day and it's super easy but i have to think at all so morning walk that sounds good yeah i think we should probably finish up soon but why was something that you've taken away from recently that you've learned about ADHD that's important or good? I really always want to remember that there is goodness in being this spontaneous kind of wild being. Mm. And we need that variety. And it's good to feel emotions you know you're mm-hmm. totally allowed to feel emotions we are not domesticated animals we are these kind of wild creatures and that's okay like as long as you love everyone in the world which i'm sure y'all do um that being unique is a totally wonderful thing and i just mm-hmm. want everyone to know that and yes to, to fit that in their body and Every time you get annoyed at these things where we trip ourselves up by not recording a podcast, <laughs> not forgetting to push record, you know, like it happens to us all. And we are just like surfers, surfing whatever comes. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I get angry for no reason, you know, and it's just another color in the 5D cinema of life. The no, IMAX yeah, of thing. life. <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing. Yes. What is uh, one thing you have learned recently or during the convo that you would like to share with the, with the group? Uh, so I loved on, um, I did a, an Ikigai interview a couple of weeks ago um, with a girl and her name is not coming to my head right now, but that's fine. And she talked about how there's like different types of termites, right? She just found this out. And there's termites that are made to like stay and burrow in the piece of wood that they're in. And then there's the wanderer termites that go off and they find the new piece of wood and they go off and they make the new holes. And we are the wanderer termites or whatever they are and and that's okay and that's our purpose and that we all have a function and that we don't have to worry that we are not doing things the same as neurotypicals do because 
we have a purpose and our brains have a purpose and so much innovation in the world and so much creativity would not happen the world would be such a boring place if it went for us you know oh and we we are be the wanderer the termites <laughs> Seriously, we'll make an anthem. Go off Be and make wanderers. new little holes in things. <laughs> Wonderful wanderers. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Thank you for being who you are. And thank you for being patient with us. And we love you. Yeah, we love you. I know this isn't the most like professional-esque podcast, but I really hope you find it valuable and... um I don't know, just have a have a wicked week and have a wicked day and we'll catch you in the next one. Bye. This is the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening. Bye. Mm-hmm.